Hello and welcome. On this episode of Late Stage Crapalism, we'll be discussing introductions and getting to know Rose and Mac as people. You're on with Zoomer Rose and Millennial Mac. This is Late Late Stage Stage Crapalism. In this podcast, We'll be talking about news, politics, cooking, and how the hell to process your emotions in this crazy hell world. <laughs> what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? I was riffing. I was riffing. <laughs> okay, guys, sorry, we had some technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, ooh, so it is 51 degrees in our household, and I had way too much bread. Where? Let's do this. Um, so basically... <laughs> All those things Mac just promised will not be on this on this exact um, podcast. This is the first one, so it'll be simply introductions, and you'll get to know us. Um, just as a disclaimer, actually, maybe I should not be saying this, but um, Mac and Rose are not our real names. We're doing this for. No, so- you're giving us away. Well, damn. I mean, <laughs> good luck trying to dox us, brah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's just for security reasons, because there's actually some people out there that really love capitalism and really want to protect it. I know, right? Isn't that just out there? Oh, it's out there. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll just be reflecting on this moment in history. Um, my name is Rose. I am 22 years old. My pronouns are she, they, and that's all you're going to find out for now. (laughs) Um, My name is Mac. I am 24 years old, and I go by he, him pronouns. All right. Um, So do you go by it? Or are those your pronouns? Those are my pronouns. Okay, I was just confused in the wording. Um, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Look at me agitating already. Getting down to it. Why do people use wording like, I use pronouns X, Y, and Z, uh, or I prefer pronouns X, Y, and Z. Those are your pronouns. Whatever you feel most comfortable with are your pronouns. That is a genuine question. I don't know why people use that kind of language. And I've I've seen online people saying that it's a microaggression, which I can see because the wording always made me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I mean, I don't know. I... Do you think it's maybe because, like, it's just, like, the common way that people hear it being said? Uh, yeah, that could have something to do with it, for sure. Very riveting interview going on. This is actually reminding me of, um, when we used to, week, we, uh, we used to do those weekly meetings with those middle schoolers, and we took the initiative to ask them for their pronouns, and, oh my god, remember how they would say that they're attack copters? That I w- do remember. That was out there. Yeah. I really, I remember how we wanted to talk to them about how that is a microaggression, it's transphobic, and then the pandemic hit, and so 
yeah. yeah, we never got the chance. I wonder how those people are doing now. Yeah, I know it's sad because I want it was like a tough topic, but I wanted to have that conversation that way they could learn because sometimes you just see things on the internet and you just repeat it back without really thinking about what you're doing. Yeah, very true. Ooh, hello. Uh, so, it's me, Rose. Um, I guess some background. I organize with Sunrise. I am in one of um, their coalitions that was started locally. And I work with a local abolitionist group. Um, yeah. Well, so for the folks at home who may not be familiar, can you say a little bit more about what Sunrise is? Yeah. So it's this youth-led organization um, fighting to address the climate crisis and win a Green New Deal. Um, they're responsible for really pushing the Green New Deal and getting it on a lot of people's minds, particularly politicians' minds. Um, they mostly work with electoral politics, and with the pandemic, they've been doing a lot of phone baking. Um, yeah, and Wide Awakes to wake up some politicians and say, hey, how come you're not doing your job? Or if you are doing your job, I mean, I guess, why is money your top priority in your job? Mm. Very clean. Yeah. Um, and the abolition group is working to cut the um, local police budget. They already cut it by, I believe, 10% um, last cycle. And, yeah, um, I'm just thinking about what's happening right now with COVID in prisons, how it's really this also seems like a bad pun for 2020 but it's spreading like wildfire <laughs> so so yeah we're fighting um against prisons we're we're for the abolition of prisons so that's a little something that i stand by um is there anything you want to add about your experience with organizing uh, well, I, yeah, I also have been organizing with Sunrise for the little over a year now, and mostly done stuff locally. Uh, uh, hmm. Don't want to say too much, or else it might give away my identity, but yeah, on a national level, I have been working with an eco-socialist group within Sunrise, to bring more explicitly revolutionary messaging into the movement. So that's been uh, really great. All right, you little visionary. We see you. Hey. Um, our kitty cat, Takoa, has joined the party. She has snuck right underneath uh, <laughs> Max's blanket. And, yeah, I don't know if she has anything to add, but she is definitely looking for warmth. She is a bit... Um, older than a year old we recently got her spayed so she is good she is the one little kitty we're gonna have for as long as life will allow her to stay with us and I feel like this just got so dark so quickly 
Um, anyway, she's just a very precious Russian cat. Oh, yeah. She'll be sticking around for a long time. God bless. She is our daughter. She is our non-human relative, which is something that we recently read about um, in (coughs) Communism on the Horizon. Um, And then I believe the following words were indigenous uh, feminists is the way. Or no, indigenous... Um, queer feminism. Yes, queer feminism is the way. All right, you got that right. You win this notebook. Yay! Thank you. You're not even grateful for it. Well, I, I'm, you know, if I move my hands, then Dakota's gonna get up. Yeah, she is very. She's lying on both of them. So. Wow! Oh wow! She's looking for all the warmth. All right. So I was thinking about talking about my first experience going to a protest, if that's okay. Yeah, it's fine with me. All right. So um, this was when I was on the West Coast. Um, I was staying with my ex-girlfriend in San Francisco, and it must have been 2017, I think. This is right when the protests for um the impeachment of donald trump started um honestly it eh, actually no it couldn't have been 2016 because that's the year i graduated well honestly don't get me started on my memory because not even i know the correct recollection of that um but I remember, I feel like it was in the fall time, um, and they were going to have a protest every single day in San Francisco, but also simultaneously around um, the United States. And I went to the first day. Um, It was very exhilarating. I remember uh, this one dude really hung around my ex-girlfriend and I and he like wanted to get food with us after and so we talked a lot and I do remember we were talking a lot about um people just going to the protests to take photos and how that was harming um any kind of momentum because not only are they just in it for the photos, but also people see um, all these photos online and they're like, whoa, there's so many people, like I don't have to go because they got it. Um, And I I really do think that, I mean, it's a tricky one because, you know, um, I think think if it's organizations putting it out and um, people sharing just that one post, that's great, but I do think it really takes away from the moment and the momentum, if everyone's taking photos, um, especially recently with the uprisings this summer, it's not ideal to take photos of when it's that kind of, I guess, uh, not criminal, but like, you know, I guess like high pressured mm-hmm. situation. Um, so yeah, um, there were supposed to be protests every single day um that month 
but it quickly fell off and I remember I was feeling so passionate about it I was like what if I just sleep on the streets of San Francisco and I just Mm -hmm. show up every single morning I was like yeah like I might be a little smelly uh as the days go on but I was I was ready it wasn't the first time that I slept on streets and um it probably wouldn't have been the last but um yeah so I was just really with it and I was loving the momentum because you know wasn't really vibing with Trump and so um I do remember I went to one and it was the first time an old person thanked me for going to a protest I love when old people thank me because it's like, hell yeah, like you saw this shit go down years ago. Hey, we back at it. But when mm. it's someone my age thanking me, it's a little weird because it's like, you could also be on those streets. Like, do you remember when our former roommate thanked us? True. And it was True. like, it's like, oh, well, I know you have work, but we're going to a strike. And the purpose of a strike is to strike against work. <laughs> mm. Um, It just. I don't know. It feels like such a disconnect. Yeah, definitely disconnect people supporting something in name only. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's very much this distance that um, it, it seems like they're either putting there or they're observing this distance um, that they have there just from their thoughts, really. If that makes sense, you know? Like, they have this idea like I can't do that you know that's so radical mm, mm-hmm. um, yeah so Mac do you have any um, protest experience or maybe your first ever protest uh, yeah sure my first ever protest was actually a, a sunrise protest it was September 19th, I think, Mm. of 2019, uh, the youth climate strike. It was not just Sunrise. It was a lot of different youth organizations that helped to put it on. Um, And I caught a bus out of the next town over early in the morning, real early. I I thought I was going to be late and (laughs) almost got... uh, into a real bad car accident because of it. That was really scary. We were going down um, this one street in town that you can go up to 40, but anyways, it's just uh, one lane per direction. And fucking hell, you were speeding like shit. And then there was like these cars that were also going past in front of you. Well, actually, not the first few, but anyways, you couldn't get back over into our lane and then there was cars coming the opposite direction so quickly i thought for fucking sure i was gonna die exhilarating Mm -hmm. so needless to say we get there and have to wait 45 minutes for the buses to be ready uh then two hour two hour bus ride to boston um let me tell you i get car sick so that was not the greatest but also didn't we stay up all night yeah, we also didn't stay up all night. Um, what were we doing? Well, it makes well we sense. had to we had to get we had to go to to the um, university to print some paper because they were the only library that was open. Yeah. So yeah, we were out late doing that to print the 
um, the past. The, okay. Yeah, the past to get on the bus. So, yeah, we get in Boston, and we, I don't remember what square it was in, um, but there's a huge crowd of people, uh, hot summers, well, it wasn't a summer's day, but it was hot. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, the energy was exciting, there's people drowned with chalk, there was people with their signs, just hanging out, Hmm. um, and uh, as the protest, as the rally really started to start, they led in, us in a lot of classic sunrise chants and had some great speakers. Do you remember the speakers? No. Jeremy was there. Yeah, I do remember Jeremy was there. They had um, some Native American people, and, Mm. yeah. I don't remember their names. I don't either. I do remember there being a father, and I think the child also spoke, but it was really um, refreshing hearing things from an indigenous perspective. Mm. Um, Yeah, that was extremely powerful. I would love to hear the speeches that went on that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a recording somewhere. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. No, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I want to relive that day Mm -hmm. by searching for it online. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my first experience. We Then we marched to the city hall Hmm. afterwards, and some people occupied the inside, but we were sort of in the tail end of the of the march and so we weren't allowed in they had the police stationed at the doors <laughs> yeah uh and then after that we regrouped to get back on the bus do you remember how hellish that was that was hellish yeah there <laughs> big whoever time. was in charge of the list of people like people were lost we didn't know where they were yeah and they're underage and we're in the city so it was a little stressful yeah it yeah it took us like probably an hour to finally get everybody Mm Mm-hmm. what a journey quite the journey Hmm. yeah i'm just thinking of the latest action that I've seen um, happening in the U.S. was the day of mourning uh, when I was watching the live stream. That was pretty moving. I wish I could have been there in person. Mm. Yeah. What do you find moving about it? The first woman, uh, the first person that spoke they were the grandchild of one of the founding members of the day of mourning um and the reason that the day of the morning day of mourning started was because their grandfather um was asked to give some speech at this thanksgiving event and so he wrote his speech and like organizers normally do um 
these organizers wanted to read his speech before he gave it. And honestly, in my little clever mind, I wish that he gave them a fake speech and then went on and said whatever speech he originally mm-hmm. planned, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I would love. That's something out of a TV show. But what he did was equally as cool, um, arguably even cooler. He was honest and sent them the speech that he was planning on giving, which did not whitewash history, and it was exactly what he wanted to say. And the organizers took a problem with this. They were like, this can't be. Uh, You're making... I don't know, like you're painting things in a light that isn't beneficial for us. Mm. Um, AKA speaking truth to power. And so they said, you're not, if you don't, well, actually what they said is you can change your speech. We'll give you someone that can help you. We'll even write a speech for you. Uh. And he said, no. And he was so pissed off. Well, actually, I don't know if he's pissed off. I think I'm just adding some drama here but basically you know how he got closure from that is he ended up giving his speech on the first annual day of mourning and Mm -hmm. I really hope I'm getting that history right Mm -hmm. um because I know that he went on to start the day of mourning because of his frustration with the first organization but I I guess I'm a bit fuzzy on if he actually was able to deliver the speech i think he was but anyways <laughs> yeah if if you want the exact details go to the day of mourning 2020 plymouth massachusetts mm-hmm. um yeah yeah the recording should be up on their website uh maybe indefinitely i don't know how long they'll they'll keep it up i know they said they would post it a few days after the um the event so should be up by now most likely and something that i really appreciated was not only were all the speeches fantastic but each speech covered a different aspect of issues happening right now and every single speech was said in the perspective and personality of the person giving it and so it was like they were all hitting the nail right on the head and doing it with different approaches. So mm. that was something that was very powerful. All right, so I just have one last question before we start to wrap things up. Mac, um, so we know how you got into organizing. I was just a little bit curious of what got you into activism. What was the drive yeah so I would say the drive for me was I was working this terrible terrible job uh, probably at least 40 hours a week uh, probably closer to 50 most weeks plus commute time so let's go conservative 55 hours a week and yeah, it was a metal plating facility. Just I just graduated from college with a chemistry degree, and I was looking forward to doing something with it. And so I got a job in this lab, metal plating facility for airplane parts um, for NASA. That's what they advertise it for. But then 
slowly over the year that I worked there, I found out they actually mostly made military contract um, mortar tubes. So that was something um, on top of the terrible working conditions. I, uh, the, and the, the thing that really got me thinking was I discovered um, the album, I think it's called If I, Have, if I Had a Hammer mm. from Pete Seeger. <laughs> and it's all old, old union labor songs, mostly. Uh, and listening to those, I, it, it did make, start getting me thinking. And every day on my ride into work, I would listen to and sing those songs. And every day on my ride back from work, I would listen to and sing those songs. And, um... Yeah, they just got me thinking, and eventually I was able to save up enough money to to quit. And that was in August, the August twenty nineteen, just the month before the uh, September strike in Boston. Mm. So, so what I'm hearing is Pete Seeger radicalized you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I was wondering, where'd you get this idea to save up money? and quit your job. Where did I get that idea? Yeah, like, did you see someone else doing it and so you knew it was possible? Uh, I think I got it from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is some true shit. I've always been on to the games of capitalism. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad would always talk about the rat race and how I should never get in debt because that's our government's plan to keep you... Um, a wage slave the rest of your life. So he told me these things when I was very young. Um, my father is a financial advisor, so he is deep in the world of finances. Um, so he knows exactly what's happening. He, um, he makes his money off of capitalism, so he is a supporter of it, but he's well aware of how it operates. Um, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess for me, I've always been very aware of the harsh cruelties of capitalism because I grew up very poor and I saw firsthand um, the kind of heavy and damaging emotions people can experience because of capitalism and how it can bring out, I guess, the worst in some people's personalities because of stress um, and, you know, the when you're in poverty there's a constant looming um worry of am I gonna have enough to feed my kids am I gonna have enough to cover the bills um and so I always knew something was wrong when I was growing up and I've always been one to think outside the box um I myself had a terrible childhood so I always wanted to start my own family so I could maybe right some wrongs and you know if I didn't have a happy childhood and maybe at least I could give another human um a happy or at least decent childhood um so that was always my hope in life that is what I felt most called to um I love working with children I've had several jobs helping children uh 
discover different mediums and work with art. I really love facilitating a space so that they can create without judgment. Um, but my significant other, which is Mac, I don't think we specified that at all, mm-hmm. but um, he has made it clear that he does not feel comfortable having a child, um, you know, at least bringing our own child into this world right now, um, considering this, the, I guess, the situation of capitalism, um, of the state of the world, and how many, how many children are in foster care. Um, so, yeah, I do think a lot of ethical questions come up um, not really like regarding overpopulation because that's a myth um, and not really regarding your carbon footprint because that was started by big uh, corporations um, like that term was coined by them um, those are very much putting the blame on the individual it's more of ethical questions of capitalism working at this rate is it ethical to bring a child into this kind of seemingly endless suffering um which is a good question to have I absolutely don't judge people that have children my god if I could I would um but yeah um like my sister a month ago gave birth to a beautiful healthy baby girl and it fills my heart with so much joy um because children are so precious um so so yeah i i love other people's kids um because it keeps me from having my own <laughs> yeah i yeah so that's about it that is all you have to know about me <laughs> are you crying no i'm not crying you're crying well i am actually crying so <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's a wrap folks All right, so we'll see you guys some other time. In the meantime, stay healthy, stay cool, stay loving yourself, stay empowering others, and go make yourself some food. Go get some water. And maybe go tell someone you love them. I love you, Mac. I love you, Rose.